right, let's get serious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talk Em Up. This is the uh, show where we talk anything and everything. Off-road, outdoors, adventure, Australia. And today I've got a good mate of mine, Dave Bigger. Now, Dave is the, the big week at Zone RV. He's the technical, he's the guru, he's the brains, the vision of um, future caravanning. He's uh, been there, done it, he's doing it. Welcome, Dave. Yeah, thanks, mate. Not sure I'm all of that, but uh, anyway, I'll take it from you, mate, anytime I can. Well, mate, from my personal experiences, <laughs> I've towed uh, plenty of zones around this country, and, mate, I've come back in one piece, and, and uh, you know, the, the facilities on board the zone allowed me to cook up a big feed and remain a large gentleman. Yeah, mate. <laughs> I, I'm going to say that I've seen you have... A fair few nice feeds out of the side of either an expedition or oh, I certainly have out of the in, internals of a gourmet kitchen in a zone. Yeah. Um, Stop yeah, it! I want to go now. Me too. But mate, look, I have made a list of a couple of items we want to talk about today. Now we can get controversial, or we can just um, just speak it how it is. Yeah, mate. Mate, I'm don't hold back. So, but look, this is not a controversial one, but this is pretty much where the industry is going. It's like, I remember, you know, 30 odd years ago when I got my license, we started going four wheel drive and going swags, and then we went into soft floor, I went into a soft floor camper, then I went a hard floor, then I've gone caravans, then I've gone like the expedition type series, like the crossover. Mate, um, you're right at the, at the front, I suppose, leading the way is what I see of Australian, um, uh, off-roading and camping. How did you see it? How did you pick where you are? And where do you see it going? Um, mate, yeah, it's a bit of a, I guess, a windy one of how I probably arrived to where I am now and, and how, how zones here. But I guess a fundamental part of it for me has been a background in boat building. Um, when I was young, I sort of grew up sailing um, racing boats and small racing dinghies and I guess from an early age I started to understand uh, building lightweight structures and that lightweight structures are built right, are light and they're strong and you know they've got all these sort of natural sort of attributes that create a lot of good structures in this day and age. And I guess from an early age I was interested in that. Uh, my old man was very much in engineering and race cars and building light and talking light and um, you know picking up bolts and drilling the inside out of a bolt to make it lighter. Right. Um, so that's sort of a, a, a thing that's been built into me from early days. Aviation, my old man was into aviation flying and everything about flying is keeping things light and light creates better performance. So it's very much ingrained into me that that's how we do things and that's what makes things work better and achieve better results. So when I left school, I, um, I went down a track which was actually going to drive ships. Um, so when I left school, that's sort of where I went. And by the time I was 21, I was a, a qualified ships captain and, and I was sort of going on that route. But I got qualified, finished all my studies and I was like, you know, this you know, this is okay, but it's not really probably what I want to do. Um, and I decided that 
in my, my six weeks at home while I was working away at sea, uh, because you work a day, you get a day of holiday, um, I started a business building boats. And uh, when I was 21 or 22, I went to my grandfather and asked him if he'd uh, help me out with a bit of a loan. And I want to build a 40-foot sailing catamaran and I've got a bit of the money saved up, but I need a bit of a hand and blah, blah, blah. So at 22, I went on an endeavour to build a 40-foot lightweight sailing catamaran that I thought if I built it, I'm going to be able to sell it and make a profit. Um, so that's how my boat building started and sort of I built a team of boat builders and we were building nice weight. Have you got photos of this first boat you built? I've got photos of these boats. Mars went in a photo of this boat and you didn't uh, sell it and make a profit. I sold it and didn't make a profit but I sold it. <laughs> yeah. And at 22 when you sort of start learning the hard lessons of business it's uh, obviously more than just a good idea and that's probably something that took me a while to learn and I'm not really even sure that I have learned. But, um, for me, lightweight construction has been ingrained into me from a very young age. And, um, you know, I've taken a lot of turns in my approach to what we're doing now with Zone and a few other industries, but predominantly they're all based around lightweight sandwich panel structures, which it doesn't really matter what engineer you would speak to in the world today. For the majority of high performance structures, whether it's Formula One, rocket ships going to the moon or wherever Elon's off to, they're made from sandwich panel structures, which are the lightest, strongest structures that you can build. So I'm not exactly a rocket scientist, but I know that this type of approach to building structures is the strongest and the lightest and in a caravan, the best insulated. And for us, it's just been about finding the sweet spot in caravans and how we build caravans, learning how they're used, going away on trips with you and getting in tricky positions and being like, well, you know, we're in a bit of a tight spot here or this isn't working real good, so we better change it or, geez, we're just shaking the inside out of this caravan, we better make it stronger. Um, and we're still learning every day, every time we go away, every time we walk the production floor, we're figuring out how to build better caravans. Um, but really it's that composite approach and composites are just the most advanced way of building structures in this day and age, mate. So that's well, how I must we've say, to today. And I must say when, we're, when I first met you, you, were, you um, totally enrolled me in the whole world of composites. But when I, like the very first conversation, I told you I had a, I've been... I've had a few caravans and camper trials in my time, and I, I come from a, a world of, you know, extra steel's got to make it extra strong, and, you know, it'll bash the tree out of the way instead of, you know, the tree hurt, hurting it. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, and having the privilege now, I've towed many of expeditions, plenty of caravans that uh, are the composite ones, it's so much lighter. And, and that brings me back to the, the tow vehicle. You're not putting stress on the tow vehicle. There's a lot of your fuel economy is so much better. You're not wearing out transmissions, brakes, uh, extra heat and tension and stress going on the engine. So I'm living, I'm living proof of what you're talking about where I'm converted. I'm one yeah, of those ones that can be converted from, you know, build it up with, build, build a roll cage around sort of thing instead of making it lighter. 
Yeah. And the structure being the, being yep. the strength and the structure. Yeah. And it, it, it's the weight that is a great thing when you're looking for the performance. But unfortunately, in caravanning, that there are the legalities and all of the standards that we need to stick to. And all of these cars that we're going out and building, cruisers and, you know, whatever it is, they have limitations. And those limitations are the weight. And those limitations say... Well, look, you, your car weighs this, and it, it's got a total mass of this, and then you've you've got a you've this much left for what you're towing, and that's the empty weight of that. And by the time you put all your stuff in it, you know you've got to have this caravan and a car that weigh a combined mass. And that's the difference. Like you've got GVM and you've got GCM. Yeah. Gross combined mass. Yep. And I think that's the one a lot of people get stuck on. Look at. Yes, it can be complicated. Yeah. At the end of the day, it really is pretty straightforward. I mean, you can't go over either or of them. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, they're not, you know, you, you really don't have as much weight as you think you've got. Um, and when it comes down to it, we are stuck within some confinements. And the only variable that we can actually change is the weight of the caravan. And... You know, after going and spending time with you guys, you know, out in the Simpson Desert, wherever you are, uh, I guess it's those more remote places that you go to that really make you understand that, you know, you, you need water. And, you know, if you want some more luxury, you know, more water's good, so yeah. more tanks. Uh, if you want to use more electrical appliances, well, you've got to put bigger batteries in. You want more of all these luxuries while you're out there? Well, there's a whole lot of electrical gadgets and they all weigh stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess for us at Zone, it's been this balanced trade-off of make caravans lighter but put more luxury components in them yeah. or things that make your experience out there a little bit more comfortable. And um, I guess that's our continual day-to-day -day battle trade-off at Zone. It's make them lighter, put more equipment in them that makes them comfortable. Keeping it legal, keeping it safe. Yeah. Yeah, yep. well done, mate. Which leads me on to our next topic. Now, there's a lot of talk about um, busted caravans and campers clogging up the tracks. Um, well, you know, one of the complaints I've seen is, you know, pretty often is about busted four drives and campers clogging up tracks because of I'll read it here. People are now trying to lug these bigger setups through the bush and across deserts. Do you reckon that's a valid criticism? You know, compared to, uh, you know, this is something that was happening years ago. It's like, but it's, it's a constant thing of like people say, oh, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be towing a caravan there, shouldn't be towing a camper trailer there, you're destroying the tracks of doing this. Do you think it's a valid point? Matt, I think it's a valid point. 100% yep. it's a valid point on two, two things. Um, I guess I've seen my fair share of abandoned vehicles and, and caravans out in some crazy places. And um, for the most part, I'll get pretty disappointed if I somebody saw somebody leave a beer cap out there, let alone, you know, leaving a complete pile of junk there yeah. that's going to, you know, there's really nothing that cool about leaving rubbish out in some any part of Australia, any part of this world for that matter. So if you're going to take it there, it's your responsibility to make sure it goes away from there. So that's probably my first gripe with that. Two, 
I guess, um, in, in, in my journey through this understanding caravanning and going away and doing some of these trips, it's, it's your responsibility to plan these trips and do them responsibly. And I think in a lot of places where you do see these abandoned vehicles and things like that, it's like, you know, were you here with your mate? You know, like you've had an issue. Did you have the right amount of gear to be able to get you out of there if something went wrong? Sure, things go wrong and you're going to get abandoned. But, um, you know, I feel like a lot of these scenarios can be people out there with gear, it breaks, and for the purposes of everything, they just think it's perfectly fine to just unhook it, leave it there, and yeah, and, and go. But so lack of preparation lack of is preparation what I used to say. Yeah, if you, if you, um, you got to tow a camper trailer up Cape York, up the telly track. Plenty of people do it, but if you did it by yourself, you're probably asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You might someone in front of you, someone behind you, you go as a group. Yep. Yeah, must have winches, recovery gear. I, I, I think a really large portion of this comes down to education, and I don't think there can ever be enough education in this whole arena of what we're doing. There's so much to learn to be a well-seasoned, four-wheel-driving, outback touring person in yeah. Australia. Because um, we lot, want everyone to do it, right? We want everyone to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I can tell you right now, for the wrong preparation, it can turn somebody into a person that really wanted to do it into somebody that never wants to do it again. Yeah. And I think that's wrong um, because I think if everybody is well seasoned and educated as to what is, what is good preparation and what can go wrong, um, and what the realities are of going off grid, off road caravanning. Um, you know, the more the more education and truths around it and how to handle it and how you're going to have a good time, hands down, the more people that are going to be into it. And we've got such a massive country. We've got we plenty have. of room. We have. Um, and look, with everything happening in the world today, everyone's staying home. They're investing, you know, their hard-earned cash into four drives, caravans, camper trailers, and yep. travelling a beautiful country. And it, it's awesome to see. And we got, and it's our job for people that have done it in the past, to, this is the way I see it, to educate yep. people who want to get out there and do the same. Yep. Have a great experience. Us at Zone, it's been a massive recognition for us, obviously, you know, as a, as a growing company, we've wanted to do it for ages, but this year we're making a massive effort. Um, we've brought on a full-time community builder and educator, right. and we just, we just really want to educate our customers on you know, what's good practice, what's not good practice, how to maintain maintenance. Like, yeah. you know what, mate, on your vehicle, on your caravan, it'll be the thing that you don't maintain that will break and Absolutely. will cost you a hell of a lot more money than, you know. And it's it, something what, I've always banged on about. Um, a lot of people come out of a passenger car, drive to, you know, to work and back every day, and they might get it serviced every, let's say, Five to 15,000 kilometers, depending on what the service schedule is. With the four-wheel drive, quadruple that. Yep. And it's not just about changing the oil, it's about checking your suspension. The, the wear and tear that happens on a four-wheel drive, particularly when you're towing, that vehicle is, you know, at least four times. Particularly when you're a hoon. Don't be a hoon. You can be a hoon, but maintain your gear. Yeah. <laughs> you're a hoon. <laughs> I have been. <laughs> Can we cut there for a sec? This is getting drinks. I'm going to. My peripherals are getting nice.
You've drained yourself, mate. All good? Had a pee break? Yeah, mate. All good to go. Good. Mate, righto. I want to get fired up about this topic. Should you have to either pass a written test or a practical test for towing a caravan, say, and over, say anything over two tonne? That's my thing. It's like, I'm all for it. We travel you know, thousands of kilometres every year towing our caravans around Australia. We've done plenty of it. And I'm not saying I'm the best or you're the best. We've done a lot of it. I've done, I've been towing. Ever since I have a lot, I've been towing race cars and speedway tracks all around Australia. I've done a lot, but I don't know everything. But I see a lot of people now, they're cashing in their super, they're going out and buying the flash caravan, they're going, spending the money on these four drives, and look, they actually, on that, dual cab four drives. Light vehicles, Hiluxes, you know, BT50s, Ford Rangers. And they're putting, a, they've got a three and a half ton tow rating. And they're putting three and a half ton behind them. They're up to 350 to 550 kilos on the ball. It's absolutely dangerous. The drivers don't know any better. Should they have to go through a training course, a practical course, a written course, to be able to tow that sucker because it's not just endangering them, it's endangering everyone else on the road. I'm passionate about this one. Mate, I can see that. Um, mate, I, I, I'm going to say yes, that they should, and I'm only going to say that from my own personal experience. You know, if, I, if, if I'm a kid that can get my learners and I can get my P's and I can get my licence, and I don't even know where actually comes into that, that they let you say you can tow. I think on the learners you can four, tow. Yeah, three and a half tonne or four and a half tonne. Yeah. Um, I'm the same as you, mate. I wasn't towing race cars around the country, but I was towing yachts, and I've had some scary situations, mm. and I've had some scary situations all the way up to recently, and, and you know, it, it, it's a big deal. Like, putting a big van on the back and knowing how to reverse it how to drive forwards with it, how to drive forwards with it at 110 k's an hour, and how to do that safely. I've had some, I've had some serious moments towing stuff, and I would just say that if I had to do a one-day course, and the single biggest thing they could have taught me in that whole time is weight and balance. Absolutely. Which is all we keep talking about. Like, I've, I've had mates of mine, even not that long ago, who I lent a trailer to that overloaded it in the wrong direction, like really tail heavy. And they made it about 400, uh, 400 metres from my warehouse where they left with a heavy load on it and spun a whole car and trailer in because it was completely incorrectly yeah. loaded. So it's serious. Um, yeah. And it's all good for you to go and make a decision to get behind the wheel and tow something, but... You're on the road, and there's other people coming the other way, and people get hurt, and, and the reality is they are, and there's heaps of them getting hurt, and it's it mainly is. caravans getting out of control on highways. Coming through. down the hill, start getting the sways yeah, up. It's and I was lucky. I, I, I lucked out. I was just, I was just lucky, because I've had plenty of those occasions, even on episode one of uh, Dust Them Up we were towing, I was towing the 18 foot six. And if it wasn't for the technology built into that van, it would have been on the side, or my car would have been on the side. We're driving wheel ruts and they changed, it's been a bit a lot of wet. And we're traveling, filming at 80 kilometers an hour, 
and the car went in one rut and the caravan in the other. And I actually said to Feral Dave, mate, hold on, <laughs> this is not cool. <laughs> However, the technology of the van, so we're building technology to stop this stuff from, from me having a, a big whoopsie. But if caravans don't have that, it's, it's gone. It's yeah, like we're, yeah. our, tech, our techniques, I suppose, knowing what to do, uh, are taken away. So we're becoming, what's the word, what's the word I'm trying to look at? We're, we're not becoming better drivers because the technology is helping us. There's all these ABSs and there's all this um, anti-sway controls, which are fantastic, we need them. But we need to know what, why we need them. Mate, you're talking about... Like, I knew the driver thing, and I thought it was cool, but it, <laughs> it, it pulled me back in line. I've gone, holy dooly. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're talking about the skill of driving the thing down the road. I guess for me, where I've been caught out massively, and it's a discipline that you need to learn, is that when you hook a trailer on the back of your car, there's things that you need to check. Is the uh, pin hitched down? Is it all plugged yeah. in? Is it chained? And, mate, this is an absolute... I'm not really sure I want to disclose this, and I don't think I've ever told you this story. But zone number one. We actually used to be called something else before zone, but we, for all technical purposes, this is his zone Very first. number one. Yep. And it wasn't a caravan, it was a toy hauler. A bloke said that, you know, build me this trail, and we were all geared up. Race car transporter, beautiful looking toy hauler, I will add. I raced, he was picking it up on a, on a midday and as per usual we're finishing it at the last minute. Raced down to Yandina to the public way bridge, weighed this trailer, saw a really good weight I was, I was happy with, it was under the weight that I told this bloke I was going to build him a trailer. Running late, quarter to 12, this guy's picking the trailer up at 12 so weigh it, get it back on, start heading back to Coolum to get back to the shed, rushed it and coming over the first crest on uh, Yandina Coolum Road, I didn't pin. Oh. And it was a race car trailer, so empty, it didn't yeah. have a lot of ball weight. It came off the back of my Hilux and went onto the chains, went hard one way, went real hard the other way, didn't have the safety brake connector hooked up, it snapped both the chains on the back of my Hilux, spun me into oncoming traffic, and I spun out, and zone number one has gone 80 k's an hour into a gum tree. <laughs> so you weren't always perfect, you gummy bear. <laughs> it just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> 80 k's in the hour, mate. Straight in. You got photos of this one? Mate, I think I destroyed all traces. <laughs> there you go. Not wow. I'm really sure why I told you that story, mate. No, I never one. knew that story, and that's. <laughs> wow, zone number one. What a way to start. Straight into a gum tree. What an old so... mate. What an old mate say. <laughs> that was a phone call, mate. <laughs> <laughs> is a memorable one. I wish I never. Excuse me, mate. You're gonna have to wait another eight weeks. I'll build you a new toy. Or... <laughs> well, Rip, yeah. Written off. Done. <laughs> Done. Hard <laughs> 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 pill to swallow that one, mate. I don't know where to go from here, Dave. <laughs> People need some big trailer training, mate. That's where we were. Big some. 
Yeah, they do. So anything... And it's still to this day, mate. It's the discipline. I, I learned a hard lesson, but... Yeah. Like... You, you, there's a routine every time you hook a big weight on the back of your car and it should be rigid. You should never be rushed. No matter how hard you yeah. your, your missus is yelling at you that we need to leave this campsite, you need to do your checks. Is the door locked? Is everything hooked up correctly? Absolutely. Are the tyre pressures looking right? Are my egg bags right? And, and as I've been talking about, these vans are getting so complex with so many moving parts on the inside it's not just the outside checks you got to do on vans, it's the inside. Yeah. Because, mate, if you can tell me that you haven't turned up to a campsite after a heavy day on the road and your fridge door hasn't opened, your pantry has opened, and you're just dealing with chaos, with kids yelling yep. at you and your wife saying she wants to cook dinner and you've got eggs all over the floor, a jar of olive oil that's let loose, Chili flakes are going all over the top of it. Have you done this? Yes. <laughs> hey, I have too. I've been all packed up, ready to go. And one of my sons has gone, oh, Dad, I want to get a drink. In the caravan they go. And I know that I have put the lock on it. And you pull up to the next destination, there's crap everywhere. Mate, it's so destroying. Mate, my kids have had black eyes from me for doing that. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's, um, mate, it's so true. Complaints, look, there's one rule of I, I do have when particularly when I'm filming because we're big long days. Yep. Um, complacency. You've been driving for so long, you just become complacent. Yep. But I now, I've learnt now that um, I'm going to destroy things, I'm going to wreck things, so we pull up earlier in the afternoon. Yep. No matter what I'm doing, um, if you start to become complacent, just pull over. Don't yep. keep going because, yeah. Anyway, that's just my rule. I'd agree, mate. We live in a big country. We often, you know, want to push through to that next spot, especially if we're on the way home from a trip or being somewhere. And we do big Ks and we probably do too many more than we think we should. Yeah. And uh, it's important. You just Don't drive the big nights. Don't become complacent. Your life and your van and your family is more important. And watch those kangaroos and cows and emus. That's things. right really wreck your day they do roast up well though when you're stuck in the middle of the desert because your radiator's gone and you got an emu hanging out of it yeah just <laughs> cook him up and teach that emu a lesson <laughs> that was a good combo i like that dave yeah. so let's start testing i reckon there's got to be a caravan or a towing school Mate, that, that, one day, something like that, because that'll just wipe out half the incidents or more on Australian roads. Yep, I'm a, I'm a big ambassador of it. If you're new to caravanning, get out there and get some good training. I can guarantee you the cost of your training will easily pay for itself because with expensive four-wheel drives and expensive caravans, uh... You can do things and you can miss things and you can take shortcuts and things will cost you money. But a good bit of training, a good bit of education. I'll be the first one to sign up. Yep, I'm there too. Yeah. You can never stop learning. Never stop learning. Right, oh, last topic, my friend. I reckon most, uh, this is the most interesting topic. That last one was good, actually, because I've wanted to talk about that for a long time. But anyway, what does the future of caravanning in and camping look like? 
you know, you've got your finger on the pulse at zone. So what sort of things um, should people expect in the next five years of camping, off-roading, traveling this beautiful country of ours? Mate, um, for me, it's, you know, we're in a pretty quickly changing world at the moment yeah. for a number of reasons. Technology and all the other things we've got going on in the world, COVID and, and all of that. So brings in another whole dimension. It does. But um, look, for me, it's it's not really that different from probably the the natural philosophies that we've been chasing, I guess, from what I talked about from me from my early days through to now. It's, it's, it's making things lighter, it's making things stronger, and it's making things smarter. And uh, safer. Safer. I think mm. look, I think if you if you pull all of those things together, we are making a safer product. Um, I think the human uh, race, no different to you and me, mate, we get to the Friday and we want to go exploring. People want to go exploring further. Um, but you know, it's this catch-22. People want to go exploring further, but they want more luxury or more comfort than they've ever had. You know, there's, whether it's you, whether it's your wife, Vanessa, whether it's me, whether it's my kids, whether it's my wife, we all want something a little bit more and a little bit more comfortable. And um, I think it's this ongoing challenge that we face every day at zone. Make it lighter, put more, smart tech Luxury in these stuff, things yeah. that can either one keep you out there longer enjoying some piece of natural paradise where there's nobody else um or just being able to go to tricky to get to places because you've got the right equipment to get there and i've done it in a zone i've towed that expedition in some weird and wonderful places that yeah I've enjoyed my journeying anyway. It, it is, and it's, um, I guess for me, I never would have thought I'd be, you know, um, how old am I? 37 and, uh, you know, passionately into caravanning. It's not that I think I'm passionately into caravanning. I'm fairly sure that's not my ambition to be a passionate caravanner. My ambition is uh, going to different places of this country or the world with my mates, with my family yeah. and enjoying that place in the world. And there's, for us in Australia, like this abundance of unbelievable places we can go to. And if we can go there with our mates or with our family or with both and hang out there for as long a possible time in a great amount of luxury, I'm all for that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, that's going to get me excited. That's going to uh, get me passionate about, you know, doing this type of thing. So, mate, we're mate, I've seen it. I've seen you, your wife, Denise, and um, I must say the cooking that Denise does is helping Glenn out here trim his ways. <laughs> Good dear, mate. But your kids, Donnie, mate, is a champion. It's your three-year-old son. Every time he opens his mouth, it's just so um, authentic. And it's great because he's got no filters, so it's just whatever it is, you can see the passion that the kid's got. And you're, you're giving that to him. You and your, and Denise are bringing him up in such a way that he is discovering Australia at such a young age. 
It's so inspiring. Yeah. What you do at Zion is very inspiring. And, um, mate, well done. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Um, Keep yeah. it going. We're going to get you back on this panel at some stage. And I would love to see, I want to see um, towing training. Not just caravans, trails, anything like that. So people have a special uh, tick to say that um, they've been trained in towing heavy loads at speeds and how to pack your van or your trailer. So make our roads safer for everyone to um, see this beautiful country. Mate, I'm excited to get on another couple of dust em up trips this year. There's a couple more coming I hear in the wind. Yeah. Stay posted. You can watch this on Track Yakka. Track Yakka exclusive. So much content in it. I love these. I hope you're enjoying them. Catch up with us next time on Talk Em Up. We've got some great guests coming on and we're gonna catch up with Dave in the future again. I'm gonna find out what he's going on because I know there is a special, special off-road caravan that I've been wanting, has been on my wish for a long time. It's gonna happen very soon. And um, you're gonna see it first on Talk Em Up. Thanks for all, Dave. <laughs> Until next time.